Hey everyone, welcome to Partners in Fright. I'm Joe. And I'm Devin. And this week is my pick, and I chose the 2001 movie The Others, starring Nicole Kidman. So have have you seen this before? I forget if I asked you. No. Interesting. Okay. So the last time I've seen this was maybe over a decade ago. The only thing that I really remember is kind of the the ending. And okay. depending on the person watching it, I don't know if it'd be a twist ending or not. And um if, forgive me if I'm slurring my words or talking a little differently. Yesterday, I got all my wisdom teeth taken out, so. When you but, said wisdom teeth, I saw your tongue go like, with them teeth. With, with them teeth. <laughs> I'm honestly very surprised that you agreed to record because I was not expecting that. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm feeling good today. Good. Um, <clears throat> so this movie's always been at the back of my mind. Really? I don't know why it took me this long to rewatch it. But I did learn something while rewatching this. Is it okay to say what you learned now, or do you want to hold on to it? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hold on to it. Okay. Yeah. So Tom Cruise was an executive producer? That was my first note. <laughs> this was the last movie that they were involved with together before their divorce. Oh, because they were married at the time. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So when did you last watch this? Um, it was around 2006 or seven. It was right before or right after I moved to Pennsylvania. Okay. I remember watching it around that big move, and I don't know if it was before or after. So it's it's been it's been a long time, and this is my second time watching it. Okay. So the the first time I seen it, it left like a really big impression on me. Um, to the point where the, it's not really spoiling, spoiling anything, but this movie is a very slow burn. It's very, very slow. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, it's like a haunted house ghost story. And I'm learning now that a lot of the horror books that I love, I, I love the, huge slow burn ghost stories with haunted houses okay so i think that's that's a big reason why i really enjoy this movie and we'll we'll definitely dig deeper into it but i can i can definitely see why this will not be everyone's cup of tea all right that makes sense that it made such a large impression on you because i was like wow you only watched that one time and you wanted to put it on your list like that's saying something yeah and i i don't know if if the big impression was coincidental with a big like culture change in my life with moving, you know, if I, if I had seen it before or after my move, would I have felt the same that I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I think I would have because the, you know, the books I love like Peter Straub's ghost story, then I, it's, you know, there's a bunch of similarities there. Yeah. So, I mean, this movie's 21 years old, so yeah. I want to say that a lot of people listening have not seen it, probably. I hadn't even heard of it. Okay. So, are you cool if we, like, run through the plot? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know you took a lot of notes when we were watching. Uh, yeah, because I didn't know what the fuck was going on at any point of the movie. It's very... There's a lot of questions. Th- not even a lot of questions. There's just a couple of questions that don't get answered until the last five minutes of the film. Right. Uh, So it opens with like the story of creation and Nicole Kidman is narrated and I didn't even know her name until the very end of the movie and her name is Grace. But I just wrote (laughs) Nicole Kidman all the time in my notes because that's, I didn't know what else to call her. And so that kind of overlays with the opening credits. And that's when I learned that Tom Cruise was an executive producer. And it gives us a 
like date and location card and it's mm-hmm. 1945 uh Jersey Channel Islands which my geography is terrible so don't it's, ask me where it is it's a part of a group of islands in the English Channel between France and and England okay uh, right off the bat, I noted that it was giving me Crimson Peak vibes, which I think still holds accurate after watching the whole movie. A little bit, yeah, because it's very, um, at least the atmosphere and the style of the the house or the mansion is very like gothic. Yeah, vibes. So three people: Bertha, Edmund, and Lydia. Lydia's kind of younger. They all show up for housework after uh, the housekeepers disappeared, the last housekeepers mm-hmm. for this family. And it's just uh, Nicole Kidman. I'm probably not even going to use her name. <laughs> uh, and her two children, Anne and Nicholas. Right off the bat, it's just like a really weird, I guess, exchange between. Grace and these housekeepers, like, yeah, you're just not sure what's going on because Grace gives all these instructions that are a little bit eccentric. Like, you have to lock all the doors as you enter into a new room. So, um, like, every time that you open the door, you have to unlock it, open it, then lock it behind you. And then when you move, to the next door to mm-hmm. like leave, you have to do the same thing. And like all windows and doors need to be shut. At all times. Yeah. And there's no electricity in the house. So they don't have anything in the house that could make noise. They really value silence. And mm-hmm. she says that she has migraines. So that's what it all kind of chalks up to. And her husband went off to war, but hasn't come back yet. And there's just kind of like this unspoken thing of, okay, he's dead or lost at war. Yeah, at one point she mentions that she hasn't heard any any word from him in a, in a while. Yeah, it's been like a year and a half. It's like, oh my God, could you imagine in a world without like technology? Just, I mean, I know that people who, you know, have family members that mm-hmm. are deployed already have it bad today but could you imagine being back then when like the only form of communication you have is letters and like newspapers letters and newspapers what are those (laughs) (laughs) i i cannot fathom that would be terrible yeah and she says that the children live in like complete darkness and they have to draw all the curtains whenever like the kids enter a room Mm -hmm. and she explains that they have an allergy to light and they're photosensitive if they get exposed to light they break out in blisters and suffocate right is this a real thing it is i looked it up um so it's an actual illness it's incredibly rare um can they die i that i don't know i would imagine after like prolonged exposure yeah but apparently only like a thousand people in the world have it so these are two lucky kids i wouldn't say lucky (laughs) (laughs) uh so Anne says that her mom went mad and drove the housekeepers away like the last housekeepers Mm -hmm. and then i think grace is kind of showing them around the house a little bit more And then all of a sudden she realizes, uh, she gets the mail and realizes that the ad she placed for servants hadn't even been published yet. And she's like, why the fuck are you here? Yeah. Uh, They explain that they came on an off chance and they actually used to work in the house a long time ago. Uh, So they wanted to work here again and they just kind of dropped by to see if, you know, they needed help. Right. Yeah, um, it's like going back to what you were saying, It it's a little eerie. You could tell it feels like there's more to be said, but no one is further explaining on either side, whether it's, um, Miss is it Miss Mills? Mrs. Mills, I think her name, Bertha Mills? Yeah, Bertha Mills. Yeah, whether it's like 
the servant's side or if it's from Grace and her family's side, there's just something in the air that like you're kind of itching for one of them to either confess or reveal. Um, most of the movie is is like this. It's a lot of little like hidden stuff that you're kind of waiting for to be revealed. Yeah. Like everything just seems slightly off. Mm-hmm. And they're clearly very like religious. And yeah. I think um, this is a scene early on in the movie where I think the kids are just working on their lessons. Oh, I think she's teaching them uh, some biblical yeah, like, it, lesson. I thought it was like Bible study. Yeah. So obviously the kids can't go out, so they're homeschooled. Right. And she hears crying. Like she she leaves the room, leaves them to do their lesson or whatever, and then she hears crying. Mm-hmm. And she runs to Nicholas, and he's totally fine. Um, And then she's like, oh, Anne... And she's like fumbling with the doors, and I thought I caught that she missed locking one. At this point in the movie, I thought that it was important to note that, but I will hold uh, <laughs> any comments until the end. Yeah. She runs to Anne, and she's not crying either. And then Anne says that it's Victor, and Victor doesn't like the house, but he has to live here. Okay, is this a ghost? Is it an imaginary friend? Mm-hmm. And it looks like uh, she she tells her mom that Victor was right here and then he left the room. And then Grace looks at the other door and the door's like a jar. Right. She flips her lid and like yells at the housekeepers. And she's like, who left the door open? But none of them left it open. Um, yeah, you definitely get the sense that Grace is paranoid overprotective i can see why she wants to be overprotective of her of her children obviously yeah she has um, a very anxious energy that's a very good word yeah <laughs> and then also she's i think dealing with like the grief of her husband being lost because mm-hmm. you know that we see like a couple scenes throughout the movie where she's just crying alone and like dude parenting's hard like it's hard now yeah, just imagine doing it alone and not knowing for sure if, you know, your significant other is gone or not. Yeah. So I think the first, like, creepy scene we get or, like, scene that, like, something is really wrong is uh, when Anne and Nicholas are going to sleep and the curtains open mm-hmm. and I think Nicholas is like, stop fucking with me. Anne. like, <laughs> why, why are you opening these curtains? And Anne is like, I didn't open them. Victor opened them. And then Anne has this like off screen argument with Victor. And this was like, so weird. Like I couldn't tell at any point where the movie was going or like what actually was happening. Yeah. And she says that, so this off screen argument is happening and, I don't know. She says something like, stop opening the curtains. Uh, you're, I don't know, bugging us. And then like you hear another voice that's supposed to be Victor, but it honestly just sounds like Anne is putting on a voice like, no, yeah. it's not and, like me. And she looks away, so you can't really see her face to get confirmation. Right. She's just like sitting straight up in the bed and it almost looks like her mouth is moving when she's putting on this like Victor voice or at least, you know, we're assuming she's putting on this Victor voice. Yeah, and I think that's just to further, like, not the confusion, but the uncertainty of, like, is this place really haunted? Are there actual spirits here? Yeah. And then Anne tells Nicholas that Victor is real, and she asks Victor to touch his cheek. And then the camera kind of holds there, and honestly, the soundtrack of this movie, or, like, the sound effects are so cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> it's very old school. I mean, it's not even like 2001 was that long ago. Yeah. And uh, it's the... Like yeah. Scream was made before 2000, or, uh, mm-hmm. 2001. And yeah, well, this it feels like this was filmed like a play. That's a great way of putting it. It's... I, I don't know if I have any more like specific descriptors, but... It's very like orchestral. 
Victorian. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like the equivalent of, you know, when someone says I'm an old soul. Yes. I feel like this is the visual representation of the director of, of the director soul. saying I'm an old soul. Yeah. It feels like a BBC melodrama. It does. Well, I was reading some of the trivia on it and the um the director was also the writer and I think the composer as well. Okay. And this story was inspired to him by uh like bedtime stories I think that he read that was penned like in the 30s and 40s. Okay. So there's definitely a huge homage to that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, we we hold on Nicholas's face and which, by the way, he looks like a little monkey. Both these kids look like fucking they, terrors. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They just seem off. I can't put my finger on it. But every time I would see Nicholas, I would just picture this little monkey that I see at the zoo. Very round face. Very tiny. Small beady eyes. I don't know. Just, so he looks like the kid that turns into a monkey from Jumanji? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're not cute kids. <laughs> I don't like, I don't know. I, I don't want to say like kids are ugly or anything, but they were, think, they were picked out of thousands of kids who auditions and. Well, know. you know what? I think that it's just like another point of them being like slightly off. I don't know. Yeah. It's, you're right. It's not even that they're like not cute kids. It's just like, they're just weird. And Anne seemed like a bitch. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. And she wasn't even like a teenager. I don't even know how I, old they were supposed f- to be. I feel like Anne was the only person in the movie that knew what the hell was going on. Like, Sorta. You, you she had, seemed like conniving. Yeah, but she also seemed in tune with like stuff happening in the house. No one's listening to her, you know? That's true, that's true. Anyway, to finally get through this scene... We hold on Nicholas's face and he's like waiting for something to touch him. We're waiting for something to touch him. And then finally we see this other hand that's definitely not Anne's right. reach out and touch his cheek. Yeah. So it's kind of like confirmed that Anne was not, you know, voicing Victor. It is some other kid or entity. We're mm-hmm. not quite sure at this point. I also admire that there's not the cliche jump scares in this movie. Uh, there was one there, that I felt was cliche at the very end. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll call it out. When we All get right. To okay. It. Good. I'm not. I'm not sure what you're. Which one you're talking about? But uh, so he freaks out, and the mom comes yelling, and then you know yells at Anne, and the next day she has to recite a whole bunch of like religious scripts, and. She says that she won't ask for forgiveness for something that she didn't do. And it's been like three days, I think, of her reading from the Bible and not apologizing. I think Grace wants her to like ask for forgiveness from Mm -hmm. the Virgin Mary and she like won't do it. And then she says something. Sorry, Grace says something to Bertha about Lydia running around above her. And Bertha is like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll talk to her. And she leaves the room and the noises start from upstairs again. Mm -hmm. And they definitely don't sound like a girl running around. No, definitely not. Um, And then the camera pans over and you see that Bertha and Lydia are standing outside talking, probably about her making noises. So then Grace runs out and Anne is standing there and she says that someone's in the junk room. Uh, cause her mom is like, tell me the truth. I want, I want the truth that you, you know, you're, you've been trying to tell me because now I kind of believe you that something's wrong in the house. Mm-hmm. She runs to the junk room and I actually really liked this scene. The door is unlocked. There's no curtains, uh, in this room because I guess the kids don't go in. Otherwise the movie is all very dark. Right. And she walks in and everything is covered with white sheets. And then she hears all these like whispering voices and one of them says she's a woman. And then you hear like a ghostly noise. And 
I think she's like ripping off the sheets. She finds a mannequin. Like who the fuck has a mannequin in like a junk room? <laughs> uh, why would you keep that? It's terrifying. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Obviously, she came that... from money. Oh yeah. And people with money just have useless shit. <laughs> sure. What? <laughs> no, I agree. I think poor people also have useless shit. Uh, yeah. I mean, but you'd be called a hoarder then, right? Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay, yeah. But I mean, this <laughs> yeah, this room has. It kind of reminds me of the scene from it, where there's a, there's a room with all of these clowns, and you're not sure which one is Pennywise. Oh, when they're on the in the house on Nebolt Street or whatever. Yeah, but this case, in this case, Nicole Kidman or Grace goes into the room, and it's white curtains over like chairs, armoires. Yeah, you know, coat racks. Everything kind of looks similar that in that fashion, right? So then she sees a door open on the other side of the room, and it looks like three people run off. And Anne draws a picture of a man, a woman, a boy, and an old lady, and the number of times that she's seen each of them. And I think like the man and the woman and the boy are like one to four times, but the old lady. She's seen her 14 times. Mm -hmm. And then Victor told Anne that the old woman is a witch. And obviously, like, Victor is the boy from the picture she drew. And the mom wants to open all the curtains so there's no dark corners. And she, like, grabs a gun. And she wants to find these intruders. And she kind of rounds up all the servants, Bertha, Lydia, and... Mr. Tuttle. Yeah. Had to go find these people who like broke into the house. And she says some shit about like, I don't know how many years and there's never been a Nazi in the house. And I don't know. Now there's Nazis. Uh, later on in the movie, she talks about the island was like invaded. So I'm not sure if it was Nazi controlled at one point. So Anne is like, I read about ghosts in books when Bertha's like, you know, how do you know about ghosts or whatever mm -hmm. and her her mom tells her that it's rubbish to read about ghosts or i guess any other book besides the bible uh and then Anne is like well how does she expect me to believe everything in the bible if books are rubbish right i thought that was cute that's a good point yeah her mom goes through some like old photos of people who used to live in the house and finds like a weird album full of a bunch of dead people and Bertha says it's a book of the dead. And it's like, this is pretty creepy too, honestly. It was like a scrapbook and a bunch of photos, like, you know, old people, middle-aged people, children, babies. Mm -hmm. And they all look like they're sleeping, but they're dead. Yeah, and um, Bertha even tells Grace, it's like, oh, you know, these these people are dead. And you see this look on Grace's face where he, she didn't realize that's what she was holding, this book of just like... Dead people. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they just kind of give up on the intruders at some point. Like she draws all the curtains and like brings some light in the house and then hunts around, but they don't find anybody. So then they're just like on to the next thing. Yeah, well, a lot of little things happen in this movie where Grace is like we got to find these intruders or what's going on kind of deal. And you can tell that Bertha and the other servants are just kind of playing along a little bit. So they're just, okay, fine. We want to search the house. We'll search the house. Oh, you want to give us a tour? Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll take a tour of the house. Right. So in the next scene, Grace was asking Bertha, like how many servants were in the house when she worked there and what it was like. And she says there's like 15 servants when she used to work there. And then they're asking about Lydia, and Bertha says one day she just stopped talking. But Grace is like, I think that there might have to be some sort of trauma to make you just stop talking like that. Because in the beginning, Bertha introduces Lydia as a mute. Mm -hmm. uh, so she literally didn't, never talks. Right. What a sweet gig, by the way, for that actor. Oh, <laughs> because she doesn't have to talk? Yeah, no lines. Yeah, there's really only one scene where she, like... Makes a noise. It does anything. <laughs> uh, so 
Grace apologizes to Anne while she's sleeping, which like pro-parenting tip here, make sure they're awake if you're going to apologize. You know what? Not even parenting tip, just general (laughs) human interaction. Right. If you're going to apologize to somebody, you should probably do it when they're awake. And uh, Grace is like, I was too hard on you. And then I think Nicholas asks where his dad is. And I think she doesn't really give like a concrete answer. And she heads outside the kid's room and she just starts crying like over her husband being gone. Yeah. And then she hears piano music. And when she goes downstairs, she like touches the door. When she touches the door, the music stops, but nobody's in the room. But she can kind of hear talking. And then she goes in the room. She locks the piano cover. And then she's kind of trying to debunk the door opening when it just fucking slams in her face and knocks her over, like flies across the... Yeah, it was pretty intense. Yeah, the foyer or whatever you would call that. And she calls for Bertha and they unlock the door again because it's it's locked now. And the piano cover was again opened. Dun, dun, dun. So Bertha gives her some like sleeping tablets and... Tells Grace that she believes in like the unknown or the supernatural. And I think Grace is kind of like, I'm going to go get for the priest. Because the priest, well, they can't go to church because the kids can't go out in the sunlight. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she literally has to like go fetch the priest to come to the house. And she asks uh, Tuttle to check the graveyard for tombstones, specifically a tombstone for Victor. And then this is the first part where you get a little like suspicious of something sinister happening Mm -hmm. because Tuttle is covering some gravestones with leaves. And Bertha says that the fog won't let Grace get very far. Uh... I questioned, do they have a fog machine? <laughs> like, do like do the servants have a fog machine? Oh, like in the movie. <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, to create it. Yeah. Like Grace was going to like head into town and then they just turned on like five fog machines and they're like, she's not going to get very far. And then and then uh, Bertha's like, Mr. Tuttle, cover the fog machine. So he scrapes leaves over the fog machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh so Grace is in the woods now, and she hears a horse coming towards her, and she's just like surrounded by fog, literally can't see anything. But it's a man, and it's her husband, Charles. At this point, I was just so fucking confused. I had no idea what this movie was about, even, <laughs> and I was just not on board. Okay. Do you have any thoughts? I will give you my closing thoughts at the end of this episode. Okay. <laughs> I feel like this one's hard because we can't talk about anything until we get to the fucking spoiler. So, uh, or the twist rather. So let's just get there. Um, so she brings Charles home. He's hugging her, but like not really hugging back. And he says that he's been looking for his home and that sometimes he bleeds. Yeah, that that specific part i'm not 100 percent sure if it has like a secret meaning behind it but i mean i he thought he ve- was like a ghost so he, he definitely has like a very shell shock uh aura about yeah him. it's hard because he could either be a ghost or he could have ptsd why not both true so she brings charles home and uh bertha looks confused as shit as to why charles is there mm-hmm Because you're wondering, like, what is she plotting? And then how has Charles kind of thrown a ring into this? Right. And the three servants are hanging out, and they say that the children will be easy to convince, but the mom will be a problem, and the husband doesn't even know where he is. Again, didn't know anything that was happening in this movie. (laughs) Uh, So Charles is, like, not moving from the bed. Uh, Nicole Kidman is uh like crying because she i mean it's stressful mm-hmm. and Anne is like playing in another room and so she hears her crying she runs to go check on her 
And I don't even think that she was trying again. And uh, she's playing with this puppet and it zooms in on her hand and Grace sees that her hand is like old as shit. Like, (laughs) so eloquent. Um, And it's just like a, you know, wrinkly old hand. Mm -hmm. And then she comes around to see her face and it's like a face of an old woman. But like like in the body of like, Right, the size like of still the body child like, size, yeah. but like Anne, Anne's face is completely gone, but it's still Anne's voice, and she's like, "What's wrong, mommy?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she, Grace beats the shit out of her. <laughs> she like grabs her by the neck and starts like throwing her, oh thrashing God, it side yeah. by side. <laughs> uh, and then she rips the veil off, and it's just Anne, which I mean, could have called that, mommy. But, you've gone mad. Yeah, she's like, "You're wicked. You try to fucking kill me." <laughs> And then Grace starts questioning like the migraine medication Bertha has been giving her. And I think, you know, Bertha's trying to calm Grace down from beating the shit out of her. And then uh, Anne is talking to Charles, the dad. And Grace goes back up to talk to Charles and he finally Mm -hmm. speaks. He's finally sitting up out of bed. At this point, he's just been like laying in bed immobile the entire time. Yeah. And he says that Anne told him everything that happened that day. And it's this like veil of mystery surrounding, quote, that day. Right. And I figured out it was the day that the servants left, like the previous servants. Mm-hmm. And Anne told her dad that uh, her mom hit her that day. But then Grace is like, I'd rather die before hitting them. Um, because I think Charles is like apologized to the kids because she's apologizing to him, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, like go apologize to the kids," and she's like, "No, they know that I love them. I would never lay a hand on them. Like I would die before hitting them. I try not to mom shame, but <sighs> like I would just not want this lady as my mom." The forties was a different time. <laughs> so Charles gets up all of a sudden, and he's like, "I have to go to the front. I'm. I wanted to just say goodbye to my kids and my wife." And now I got to go again. And then she's like, the war's over. So like, I was very confused because he's like, the war's not over. And she's like, the war is over. And I am not a historian. Was the war over in 1945? Nope. Okay. So then. War went on until like uh, 1946 or seven, I believe. Okay. So she doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, And they have sex. And then he's gone when she wakes up. So she like leaves to go outside to go, you know, I don't know, see if he's roaming the lawn. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it was pretty odd. And then uh, she's outside when the kids wake up and the kids are like fucking screaming because someone stole all the curtains. <laughs> and Out of context, this, se- <laughs> this sequence of shots was pretty funny. Because yeah. it's this mom who's running around this mansion screaming, who stole the curtains? Where are the curtains? And, and then the three servants are like, curtains? Curtains? There were curtains here? Oh, there is daylight in here. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, why, do you, why shouldn't we have some daylight? And then she's like, I fucking told you my kids are going to die if they right. you know, are exposed to the sun. And then they're like, Maybe that's change. Yes. Have you tried putting them outside? <laughs> <laughs> like my kid's allergic to peanut butter. I don't know. Maybe maybe it changed. Let's give them a nut. See what happens. Have you tried turning them off and on again? <laughs> <laughs> well, like Mr. Tuttle's, like I had a sister or cousin who had rheumatism. Rheumatism, and then one day it just stopped. It stopped. <laughs> so Grace asks for Bertha's keys at gunpoint uh, and tells them to get out. And then Bertha outside is like, very calmly, by the way, I think I've lost uh, the end of my tether, or I've reached the end of my tether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they're going to go uncover the gravestones. Which you're like, well, okay. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> it's nighttime now, and Anne jumps out the window to go into the woods to search for her dad, and Nicholas goes with her. And I think. Grace is still roaming around the house 
Looking trying to curtains. find the curtains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she goes up to the third floor, which is where Lydia and Bertha, uh, Bertha mm-hmm. yeah, were staying. And she finds a portrait of the servants, Bertha, Tuttle, and Lydia, in that same, like, dead but sleeping portrait kind of thing. Right. Like they stole it out of that scrapbook that Grace found earlier. Did you see the date on the picture? Yeah, it was like 1859 or something. Mm-hmm. And then Anne and Nicholas find the three tombstones in the yard and they all say like Bertha Mills or whatever. So like everybody realizes that the servants are dead at this point. I think as soon as I saw that there were three tombstones, then I realized, like, oh, okay, the servants are dead. I knew they were dead when I saw the picture. Oh, you, oh, you mean when you first saw the glimpse of the gravestone? Yeah. When he was covering you see, up the... Okay. No, 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 no. Because you, you see the kids, like, approaching on the tombstones, and mm-hmm. you see that there's three, and then it cuts to Grace finding the picture. But as soon as I saw gotcha. that there were three, I knew that it, they were dead. Was those the yeah. servants? Gotcha. Uh, and then things finally started making somewhat sense <laughs> at this point. Um, Grace threatens them with a gun, but they're already dead. So, I don't know. Yeah, Unless it's like supernatural I, rules and she had like nope. salt in her shotgun, which she didn't. Because they're just like... Sammy! <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think she was just confused and frightened and she had... Oh, well, yeah. That's the only thing she had. <clears throat> I mean, what are you going to do? If you have a gun and there's a ghost standing right in front of you, I'm pretty sure I would shoot it too. <laughs> so she locks the front door and they ask to come in very nicely, by the way. <laughs> they're just right. so calm about this. Yeah. And she tells the kids to go upstairs and hide. And she's like hugging Nicholas and Anne hasn't touched her since like she beat the crap out of her. And then Anne hugs her mom and there's like a look where Grace gives her and she's like, oh, she finally like loves me. And I'm just like, like I said, not trying to mom shame, but Mm -hmm. like this family dynamic is not healthy for anyone involved. Bertha says that they all have to learn to live together and that there's still intruders in the house and that the intruders took the curtains down. So then you're like, oh, okay, like the picture that andrew earlier that still applies right like there's more ghosts i guess right and bertha's like you're gonna have to go talk to them uh and there's this is the jump scare that i was referencing earlier where i felt like it was kind of cheap but it was effective because um, i jumped out of my skin where the kids are in the wardrobe like hiding and then uh this like old woman she kind of looked like the old woman from insidious like what is that called like the black widow or whatever black witch i forget the name but i Uh, but she like jumps in the frame of the wardrobe and it was like a scary noise yeah so i thought that was kind of like a a cheap jump scare but like i said effective because i'm a scaredy cat and uh so bertha's like you gotta go talk to him So Grace heads upstairs and then, okay, so this is like the twist moment, right? She opens the door and there's like a table and there's like five people sitting around this table in the center of the room and then the kids are hiding in the corner and the old woman that they just saw in the wardrobe that like abducted them or whatever, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. is a medium. And the kids are talking to the woman and the kids are saying they're not dead, but you know, they, they, they died. They're dead. Yeah. Now it makes sense that, uh, Anne has seen the old woman like way more than the other people. Cause she's right. the one, you know, connecting to the other side. Yeah. And I'm wondering if like, this was just over the course of like a day, because I mean, if it's a medium, you're just kind of bringing them over once. Right. I guess. I'm assuming that like time kind of works differently. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, So then Grace like shakes the shit out of the table. Oh, so she's, the old woman is like uh, writing blindly. She's, she is blind. (laughs) That was stupid. (laughs) She's blind. 
but she's writing and like her assistant is like handing her more papers so she can like mm-hmm. write down stuff and then he's like translating to the other people at the table and he's saying that the kids are saying they're not dead and i think Anne says something about a pillowcase but uh the medium's like did your mom kill you with a pillowcase and she's like no we're not dead and then Grace shakes the shit out of the table and like rips up all the papers and then it cuts to a scene from the the séance goers perspective where um you know you don't see Grace but you just see papers you know flying around the room right and then the table getting shook yeah afterwards the séance people say that a mother and two children made contact and then there's a couple at the séance who own the house and they have a son victor mm-hmm. and the wife wants to leave and the husband agrees finally uh because she's like you know this place is haunted i want to go think of the child and uh apparently he's been having nightmares and stuff and they say that the the mother went mad referring to grace and smothered the kids and then shot herself And then at the end of the movie, Grace is like holding her kids in the hallway. She realizes that she's dead now. None of them knew at this point. And she's like talking about killing them to them, which is like kind of morbid. And she says that she killed herself kind of like the moment that she realized what she had done. And then after she killed herself, there was nothing. And then she heard the kids playing in the room, playing with the pillows that she smothered them with. And she thought that God gave her a second chance, but now she's realizing she's dead. And then Bertha comes over and is like, oh, hey, you figured it out. (laughs) And then uh, she says Lydia realized she was dead and that's when she never spoke again. But she couldn't tell Grace that, you know, when she originally asked earlier in the movie. Yeah, because I'd be spoiling it. (laughs) Spoilers. That's also a traumatic thing, so that makes sense. That's very traumatic, yes. Uh... Yeah, that's the end of the movie. Uh, Victor and his family leave the house, and then Grace and her kids are like up in the window, and they're like, "We own this house. This is our house." And then Bertha kind of says, "You know, there, there's gonna be more people. Uh, sometimes, you know, we see them. Sometimes we don't. It's kind of up to chance, right?" So, um, so what are your what are your initial thoughts? Uh, you can be brutally okay. honest. I- so brutally honest up until the twist and like we watched this over two nights so the first night i was like not feeling this movie at all Mm -hmm. uh and then this you know when we just watched it just now when we finished it i was like still not on board until the twist and then i was like oh shit right so like i feel like i don't even have a rating in my head by the way i gotta get that down (laughs) um but yeah, I feel like we couldn't like really talk about the movie until like we got to that twist. Right. Uh, so many things make sense now that I know the twist. I would yeah. love to rewatch it knowing it. Right. I still don't think that I'd like it anymore. Okay. Uh, but I would like to pick up on like the things that happened earlier because it's, mm-hmm. it makes so much more sense. Like the the piano playing, like that's a living, breathing person playing the piano. And then- he probably got spooked because a ghost opened the door and then, you know, yeah, slammed the door shut because there was a ghost coming in and then he just, you know, knocked the ghost on its ass and then started playing the piano again. <laughs> like, Yeah, this was um, the first story I've ever, I think, read or watched where it was the other side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So usually with ghost stories, you are with the living and you are experiencing spooky shit with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really seen it on the other side of things. So like you said, it makes sense that the piano stopped playing when the person on the other side heard the door open. It makes sense that Anne would see like Victor and that's the other kid on the other side. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these things add up at the end, which I think is really cool. Um, and there's like, this is just another example of like, I would label this as like isolation horror. Well, yeah, because they even bring up that like grace is like in a prison because mm-hmm. yeah. she can't leave because she's 
you know, a single mom. And then also her kids can't go outside because they'll fucking die. She's a single mom who works too hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I love um, not only just the isolation horror, but the creativeness behind it. Like, why are they stuck there? Why can't they just leave? Yeah, it was very you know? elaborate. I mean, even when Grace goes into the woods, she doesn't get far and mm-hmm. she starts going like, it's almost when you're playing a, a video game and you're trying to go off map. Oh, yeah. And the game is like, mm, nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I plop you back here. And the, another big thing with this movie is atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Whether it's interior, exterior, I, and like the set design and everything, I love just the vibe what was that daniel radcliffe movie woman in black that's also what i uh Mm -hmm. yeah that same vibes Mm -hmm. um there's also a lot of foreshadowing in this movie especially now that you know the end and if you go back you could pick up on a little things like when grace made Anne's communion dress and she puts the veil over her head right she looks like a little ghost oh yeah and the kids throughout the movie they have makeup on and it's to give them a more pale look you know aesthetic wise you you think that that's because like they never go outside right exactly um although i did notice that in the seance room mm -hmm. at the very end that they do like play up the makeup and they give them like oh yeah a little bit purpley eyes and stuff yeah um so those are like my positives about it, but I do have negatives. Okay. So I, I, can, I can run through those while you gather your, your score because I already have mine. Some of the scenes, especially earlier in the movie, are cut way too short, I believe, which is weird because most of this movie, it's very long, drawn out. Do you mean the scenes like, for example, when she's hunting for the intruders and then yeah. it just kind of ends? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that and there's no real resolution with the husband regarding like ghost rules. <laughs> right. Like, like he, how did he show up and like, you know, why did he leave again? Like, yeah, I kind of got the sense that when she went into the woods and she's in that fog, mm-hmm. she's like going into a different like limbo that she's not supposed to be in. Okay. And then that's when she like meets her husband, which I guess what are the chances that you would meet your dead husband in there? I mean, unless it's like an emotional connection type thing where, right? Uh, you know, they just kind of find each other like lost souls kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then he's just like, I don't know, immobile when he comes back. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of make sense where he's like, I got to get back to the front because if he died in war, he wouldn't have known that the war was over. So he would want to get back. Right, like that's his resting place is like the war. Right. Um, But the weird thing is like if Grace says, what are you doing? The war is over. But if she offed herself in 44, 45, the war is still going on. Well, that's why I was saying because like, I didn't know if the war was still going on in 1945. Like, I think maybe it, she was just saying that because, I don't know, denial, maybe. maybe? I thought she was trying to get him to stay. And then mm. uh, also maybe the occupation had left that specific area. Mm. I don't know. Okay. Because she does mention that the whole island surrendered. Right. But it's clearly not under Nazi rule. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't really clear with that. Um, but the biggest thing for me is, I think this is my version of your hills have eyes. I loved it the first time I seen this movie, but now with a rewatch, I don't. I don't know if I like it less because I know the ending. Okay, and I feel like. The downside is you don't get the same effect after you've seen it the second time when you know the ending from the first time you've seen it. So the whole movie, it felt even longer for me because I, I knew what was going to happen. Right. And I was, was like, like dip- that was the one thing I remembered from my first viewing. And I feel like it kind of spoiled it for me. 
like the whole movie just hinges on this like twist ending and then yeah. once you know that then it's like what's the point of watching this exactly yeah okay oh and i was gonna ask would you want bertha as a nanny i liked bertha she was very like yeah, until she got Irish like, creepy granny. at the end, but you could tell she was getting frustrated because she just wanted to tell Grace, like she just wanted to shake her and be like, "You're dead," <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, she was sweet. I liked her. Um. So, are can I go into my rating or? Yeah, unless you had anything else to say. Uh, no, I think that's everything. So I'm gonna be very gracious with this one and give it a uh, six and a half out of ten. Okay. Uh, for for all the negative stuff um i i do appreciate that it is something i haven't seen before and i love different like point of views on stories especially stories that have been told forever you know ghost stories and it's just interesting being on the other side of that i know that you get hit in the gut on the first viewing way more than like the second one so Six and a half out of ten. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to give it a three out of ten. Okay. But I feel like if you haven't seen this, you should watch it. Like, I would I would recommend it to people. Mm-hmm. I think that this uh, is very similar to uh, that Colleen Hoover book that I read recently, Verity. And I made Joe read it after I read it. Because there's mm-hmm. such a huge twist at the end. And I was like, I need to talk to somebody about this twist. But really, <laughs> it wasn't that great of a book. It was just the twist was so good. And I needed to mm-hmm. talk to someone about it. And I feel like this is kind of the same thing. Well, I think the book was... A Although, lot- if, I guess if you're listening to this podcast, then don't watch it. Because <laughs> now you know the twist. And it's just going to take forever to get there. <laughs> um, but the I think the I think Verity was way more open-ended than... Than the movie, oh, oh had, for sure. I mean, yeah. that like that was a huge discussion point of Verity specifically. But I'm just talking about like I wanted to talk to someone about this like twist ending. Yeah. I also want to know what happened to the other servants that died. What other servants? In the the fourteen or fifteen other servants who left, and the people that were in the book. Oh, I don't. Were think they just I other died. people who lived in the? In that house? Uh, that I don't know. That would be a good like. And did they pass? I was just gonna say good sequel, uh, <laughs> of like all the other people who died in the house. But there were a lot of kids in that book. I think that the fourteen other servants that Bertha was mentioning, like I don't think they died there. Uh, they just like moved on. Well, yeah. I mean, they Bertha, Tuttle, and Lydia. They all died of tuberculosis. So maybe mm-hmm. the other servants like got the fuck out before. You know, they quarantined. Oh, uh, yeah. Or that makes sense. They never caught it. I don't know. Got in a different job. True. But yeah, I think three out of ten. I I am not a period drama person. I would really love to be. I like I feel like my <laughs> a lot of my family watches like Downton Abbey and like I would love to try to get into it, but every time I do, I'm just like bored to shit. And I don't know if that makes me uncultured, but I just really can't deal with it. Did you like The Woman in Black? I did to an extent. Okay. It just might not be your thing. I honestly, like I liked that and I liked Crimson Peak more than this one. And that's why I was watching this. And I was like, this feels so much like Crimson Peak. And Joe did not like that movie. I was like, why is he making us watch this if he didn't like Crimson Peak? Yeah, I know. Crimson Peak is very, um, I want to say it's louder. Not as in volume, like audio, but just like the content of it. The others is very much more subtle. Right. And it doesn't really, it's not as weird as Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak is like really out there, but um, yeah. And I'm just thinking now, like for rewatchability, I, th- I think you're right. I think if you see it once, then then you should be good to go. Yeah. Like, I am a little bit curious just to go back and pick up on the other things, but Mm -hmm. I mean, really, I think the things that your mind goes to when you finish the movie, like, A, you know, and seeing the old woman more times than the other people, Mm -hmm. that makes sense, and, like, locking the doors, that makes sense, because they probably think, you know, a ghost is in the house, but 
vice versa. Like, yeah, uh, they're each thinking that the house is haunted, uh, which is kind of funny. And the stuff with the dad makes more sense. But I don't really mm-hmm. think that you're going to pick up on much else in the movie. Yeah, unless there's some sort of like religion has more to do with it than what's on the surface. Yeah. I'm wondering if Grace saw Anne as like that old lady, if that was more like not old lady-y, but like dead-y. Mm. That was such a terrible <laughs> sentence. Like, you I know, know like, I gotcha. uh, more like corpse or like yeah. that, that she's dead. So she's like old and wrinkly. Right. I got you. Also, I really liked that they can still like make tea as dead people. Oh, yeah. At the very end, I think the last thing that's said is like Bertha's like, do you want some tea? And Grace shakes her head. Yeah. That's very comforting. Which if I was a ghost in that house, I would view Grace very differently after knowing she murdered her kids. Yeah. I know. It's like fucking jail, right? Like how, you know, child rapists and child murderers like really get it because they, every other criminal in there is like we're bad people but you're worse and like they even <laughs> like, they, i wouldn't want to live with her there's even a line where it's like is this limbo and they're like nope so it's like you, what you're just stuck there now yeah for eternity and then her kids are like okay with the fact that she killed them like i said very unhealthy family dynamic there yeah that <laughs> yeah oh I'm, I'm good for another 10 or 15 years without watching this again I feel like I'm good never again, but that's fair. It's just not my jam. Yeah, that's totally okay. Um, but if you like period pieces, uh, slow haunt- burn, haunted house stories, mm-hmm. kind of like Victorian era twist endings. Yeah. Did you enjoy the the ending? Yes. Like okay, because I know some twist endings a lot. Of, it comes off as either cliche or cheap. No. This one, when she opened the door to the seance, I was like, that's so creative. Yeah. That was so cool. And it was not something that I was expecting to happen. Very M. Night. Yeah. Ask. Yeah. No, good twist ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I said, I would feel, I feel like it's worth a watch. Um, not if you're listening now, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Cool. Um, oh, so I think today or yesterday we just passed 250 downloads. So thanks to literally every single one of you guys. I don't know if that's good or bad or whatever. It feels <laughs> good to us. So yeah. thank you. And we really appreciate everyone listening. Um, I mean, I think I mentioned before that like we started this podcast just like as a fun thing to do together mm-hmm. as partners. Um, partners. In, in fright, fright. <laughs> uh, but it's it's fun it's cool knowing that there's you know some people out there who are just listening along and yeah hopefully they're finding hopefully you guys are finding you know movies that you've never heard of and checking out and that you love yeah actually the other day i thought about how i actually want to get back to our regularly scheduled content <laughs> because i'm like man i kind of just want to like Go back to our obscure movies. Yeah. Uh, but we're almost done. No, this is good. It is getting me in the in the mood for Halloween because I feel like every year, and I don't know if this just happened because you know we had kids. It's very foggy, but if I can remember pre kids, I think we like binged more scary movies around Halloween time. And oh, now, for sure. Yeah. Since then, it's kind of fallen off just because you know we're just busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but every year, I'm like. You know, it's like a week from Halloween and I'm like, oh, we haven't watched this. We haven't watched that. Like, mm-hmm. I want to get in the mood. And this is actually like really getting me in the mood for Halloween. And I feel very satisfied with all the horror movies we've been watching, like up until this point. For so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just as a reminder, you guys can find us on a lot of different socials at Partners in Fright Podcast. That's right. And uh, if you wanted to rate or review the podcast uh you can do so pretty much anywhere you listen at <laughs> i don't know what the rating systems are on different uh sites besides apple so mm-hmm. if you want to rate and review on apple that's awesome <laughs> um so thank you guys so much for listening and we will pick back up next week with uh my pick yeah 
That's true. Um, I'm going to go put some more ice on my face. Oh, you were a trooper. You made it pretty far. My jaw is sore. Everybody comment on our Instagram how good of a job you did this episode because I appreciate I'm it. surprised Eve is even talking right now. All right. Thanks so much for listening All and right. we'll see you next week. See you guys.